you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is on tap uh, with us to help us open the phone lines uh, at the end of the program. Get mm-hmm. your take on our discussion for today. Today, I'm asking the question. I was reading an article over at OneNewsNow.com. OneNewsNow.com um, article, China forces sermons to include communist centennial speech was the headline that grabbed my attention. China forces sermons to include communist centennial speech and as I was reading this article and then it had some links in the story um, to the website bitter winter which if you're familiar with that website um, kind of tracks Christian persecution around the world religious persecution around the world Um, but it was bitter winter where uh, is the place where I, I first read Pastor Wong's letter of his civil disobedience and how he was gonna um, stay faithful to the gospel but anyways, um, so as I was there at the website Bitter Winter and just reading more about what's going on in China. And, and by the way, we've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is happening in China is intensifying yeah. um, for for true believers, for yeah. genuine Christians. And people know that when we on this program are talking about genuine Christians, we call them Christians. Uh, when a person has just adopted that name, um, maybe just because of like tradition, we would say so-called, okay. <laughs> um, kind of like our, our quotes, our verbal, uh, quotes there, but, um, it's, it's just kind of disturbing to me to read the extent, um, to which the Chinese communist party yeah. is willing to go to use Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, they, they could just, you know, say, nope, you, you can't be called a Christian. You can't do this. They could just do that. But they have found it more mm. advantageous to use Christianity as to a vehicle. Spread their I, message. Yes. And, and I want to unpack that. I, mm-hmm. I really want us to talk about it. And, and so here is the question that I'm asking today. This becomes the title of today's show. How does Christian persecution in China warn Christians in America? That's the question. How does Christian persecution in China warn Christians in America, because as I was reading this information and just thinking about this and processing some of the current events and some of the things that that are going on right now in America, I was thinking, I was like, Lord, you know, you know, we don't have a Xi Jinping. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But almost sadly, in America, we kind of don't need one (laughs) because there are a lot of churches that are already doing what the Chinese Communist Party is forcing Mm. Um, in America. Churches are doing it without being forced. It's just um, social pressure. Yeah. That's kind of compelling this. And in China, it's called cynicization, where you filter the gospel through the Chinese Communist Party. You, you, you <laughs> filter the gospel basically through Marxism. And, and you try to make the gospel or make the Bible support communism, make the <laughs> Bible 
support the Chinese Communist Party. That is sinicization, and it is growing, and it is increasing in China. But again, I, I really think that when you look at it, um, there are some things that are pretty similar to that ha- happening in the United States of America. But again, it's not happening because there's like threat of loss of, well, your life. Right. Um, you right. know what I mean? Maybe your livelihood. Yeah, right. maybe, you know, in some instances. So anyway, let me just get into the story and we'll kind of take our time with this and just process this. And, 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 and let me tell you something else that I'm hoping will happen because we're real. We'll, we are real Christians, not just like media Christians. And when I say we, I mean us and our listening audience, right? We, we um, kind of like uh, hang out for an hour here as real believers, mm. all of us, okay, mm-hmm. if, if in fact you are. So we <laughs> hang out as real believers. So we don't present a type of radio program that is um, sanitized or cleaned up like a, you know, a type of Christian that, that can fit and like, you know, radio and media and TV and talk. You know how they do all that. And they, it's a certain type of Christian. They don't talk genuinely about what they really believe. Well, we don't do that. And we've been very intentional about not doing that because there's been so much of that, that it has watered down the faith and normalized the watering down of the faith. Right. So why am I saying that? I'm saying that because I hope that as we have this discussion, that we as believers, as we're listening, that the Holy spirit will give us prayer and intercession for our brothers and sisters Amen. in China, Amen. that it won't just be like a news headline or a talking point because understand that we're going to spend eternity. We're going to, we're going to live forever with every person who has confessed Jesus Christ as Lord Mm. and who has accepted his sacrifice. We're going to spend eternity with those people. Those are our people. You understand what I'm saying? We are their people. Like we, we are in the family together. So all around the world, all around the world where people have put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ These are the people, these are the multitudes of people that we're going to spend eternity with. And so, you know, there's a little bit of a, um, of a heart pulling when you read this, because it's like reading stories about your family. You understand? It is. And I say like reading, but it is, you're, you're reading (laughs) stories about your family and and you should have this feeling, um, that man, what, you know, what can I do? Like there, there should be a, there should be a tugging. There should be a feeling of, um, how can I give aid? What can I do? And the first thing that we can do, which is work Mm -hmm. is pray. Uh, Yeah. We can do that immediately, immediately, you know, and, 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 and I will tell you, you know, my, my prayer is for, um, at least as I was reading this and I'll, I'll get into it, but as I was reading this, that, that the faith of the faithful would not fail them. Right. That the immense pressure that they're under would not fail them. The masquerading church in China. Right. That that pressure would not overwhelm the truly faithful, the genuinely converted. And so I'm hoping that as we go through this and I got a couple articles that I want to string together for the conversation. And then um, what I want to do is I want to bring it stateside. I want to talk about what kinds of pressures we're facing in America um, as Christians in America. Look, I understand. Look, okay. (laughs) Um, I'm a Christian in America. I want people to understand that. I love where God has caused me to live and the time that he's caused me to live in. Because according to Acts 17, 26, he did that for a purpose that I might search for him, that I might seek him and that I might find him. But the time is coming. And listen, this is where Christians in China already understand this. 
They already understand that, you know what, having a distinction where you say I'm a Christian first makes it easier for you to reject anything that might proliferate by any other means. Mm. Do you understand? Because you've not found your identity in anything else. And so like in America, and, and I've gone through this before, so let me just let me just take it down for a second. All right. We've already been over it. Um, so I'm a Christian first. Amen. So that means that the thing that is most important to me, the way that I filter the world, the way that I see um, my surroundings and, and, and all of this stuff is through the lens of the fact that my life has been purchased by Jesus Christ. I deserve destruction. I'm very clear on that. Like nobody has to convince me of that. Right. But Jesus Christ paid that penalty for me. And so my reasonable response, my reasonable way of giving thanks is to live a life of sacrifice for him to make much of Jesus Christ is my reasonable posture. That's not even me doing anything extraordinary, right? Like that's not like, hey, look at me. I'm living for Christ. It's like, man, sit down. You should be <laughs> like, why are you standing up? You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> right? Like, you, I mean, you're not there's no there's no medal for that. You don't you don't. <laughs> All right. So here's a story. And guys, let's. You know, hopefully we'll be in a posture of prayer, like just as we listen, that we won't just be um, kind of gawking, that we'll we'll be praying for our brothers and sisters um, that not too long from now we're going to be with forever. Mm. All right. Mm. Um, Okay, so here is the story. I'm going to start with the One News Now story and then I'm going to toggle over to Bitter Winter uh, for a little more detail there. And 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 then and then we'll just see see where we go. All right. With July one marking the CCP's Chinese Communist Party's centennial celebration, China's government controlled Protestant church, China's government controlled. Government controlled Protestant church. Man, I'm asking you to do a lot in this program today, guys. I really am. And I recognize that people are like, man, I just want the podcast. I'm asking <laughs> you to do a lot. I'm asking you to understand what is happening in China. I'm asking you to pray for our brothers and sisters in China. And I'm also asking you to make some connections to what is happening in America. I know that's a lot. <laughs> all right. All at once. Okay. I'm, I'm asking you to, it's like a muffalata. There's a lot going oh, on on that sandwich. Man, there's a lot. Oh. You know what I mean? Mm. It's a lot. But I believe you can do it. So again, China's government controlled Protestant church. Okay. <laughs> all right known as the Three Self-Patriotic Movement, was called to hold a national conference with the China Christian Council. The China Christian Council. <laughs> the CCC is a state agency mm. that oversees all education coming out of the Three Self-Churches. Man. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's the church that's not. Right. Okay? Right. Just to say it simply, in case anybody's getting lost. government a, uh, agency that has Christian all. slapped on it. Using Christianity as a vehicle Man. could could just outlaw it, right? Could just abandon it know. totally, but finds it more advantageous to, to use, it. use it. That's right. All right. And, and, and guys, you have to recognize that that's also the posture of many people in our country, too. Mm. Like you're because people keep waiting for the moment where they say to you, you can't be a Christian. Oh, they would never do that. <laughs> you're far more useful to them as a Christian with diminished understanding mm. like, are you, because you got because then you have conviction, but your conviction is in the wrong place because you, you don't really know what you're convicted about. So it's far more advantageous to have you continue under the moniker of Christian, but just not knowing what that really is. You understand. Mm. All right. So here we go. The National Conference was themed learning and implementing 
the spirit of General Secretary Xi Jinping's speech mm-hmm. of July 1st, July 1. Okay, so if you just joined us over here at the ranch, <laughs> let me tell you what's going on, okay? So you've got a collection of churches that are not, that have gathered for a conference, and the topic of the conference, the aim, the focus, and the scope of the conference is to teach the collection of church churches that are not how to now spend the rest of the year or whatever teaching from Xi Jinping's speech of July 1. The spirit of the general secretary. The spirit. Wow. What wording. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, so, you know, if you're, if you're in, if you're in that place where you're like in a drought of sermons, you don't really know. You're just kind of (laughs) like, I don't know. They're like, well, we've got the year kind of planned out for you. Mm -hmm. We've got the scope and sequence for you. Okay. In addition to being given the directive to modify their sermons, Pastors were ordered to integrate the speech, which celebrated the CCP's Marxist roots and threatened Taiwan and the West. Hmm. They're they're instructed on how to integrate this speech into their Bible study groups. So not only do you want to you teach at your church, but then you also teach people how to study this and how to incorporate this into their daily lives. Oh, discipleship. Exactly. Additional training. Why is it that the wicked understand the importance of this? Why do they get it? They get it so well, right? They do. All right. CCC chairman Wu Wei, CCC chairman, that is the China Christian Council. All right. Wu Wei told pastors how to incorporate communist propaganda information into their sermons. All right. They were told by Wu Wei quote, impress the fact that the Chinese Communist Party has never changed its original intention to put the people first, (laughs) establish an extensive patriotic united front, unite the citizens' hearts, gather strength, and continue to explore and and innovate. Among other directives given at the conference, pastors were told to, quote, lead your congregation in thanking God for putting us in this great era and continuing to learn the spirit of General Secretary Xi's speech. When we get back, I want to look, there were nine points from Xi's speech that pastors were instructed to incorporate this into their teaching, into their quote-unquote ministry. And we'll look at some of those points when we get back. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Path of Revelation with Believers. Another one of my personal favorites there. Very mm-hmm. strong message. Um, uh, I, you know, all right. 
so we were talking about what's going on in China, talking about the sinicization, as it's called, in uh, Chinese Christian churches, which the sinicization is happening in the front churches, like the churches mm-hmm. that are um, the government not run. the government-run churches, yeah. right? That's not the um, real church. No, that's the underground church. That's the, that's the that's church. The real that, church. That's the yeah. real church, mm-hmm. okay? Because to be above ground, so to speak, is not safe. And if, in fact, you are above ground, then the fact that you are able to exist that way shows that you've already compromised. Mm-hmm. You've already given in and said, this is what we will adopt. This is what we will do. Um, you know, you are our leaders. Right. Okay. So I started with the One News Now article, which, by the way, um, the three articles that I'm toggling between here will be in the show notes. So uh, if you get the podcast, you'll see the notes there. We try to do that. Now, I will tell you on uh, Tuesday, I think it was, uh, we intentionally didn't include the link to the article that I discussed to kind of um, start our discussion. And that was on purpose. The article uh, was a potential stumbling block in the graphic that was used. It was unnecessary. Mm. Um, but I didn't want to be responsible for harming any of my brothers or sisters who would have clicked on that link. Amen. So so we didn't include that that link from Tuesday. Um, but I just you just have to trust that I read to you what was in it. So or <laughs> what was what was important to our show. All right, so moving on, but we will include these links today, so um, you can check for that if you want to read the articles in their entirety. All right, Christian Churches, now I'm moving on to uh, Bitter Winter. I started out with one News Now article. This is from the website Bitter Winter. Christian churches are ordered to preach Xi Jinping's July 1 speech, and I came to this article because it lists the nine points that the pastors who gathered at this conference to receive their preaching sermons um, it includes the nine points that they were presented with and, and what they were directed to adopt. And so I want to pick up just before we get to the nine points uh, with a little bit more of this article. So pastors and three surf, three self-church bureaucrats also received some practical guidance on what parts of Xi Jinping's quote unquote historical speech should be emphasized. Uh, addressing the conference, Chairman Wu Wei of China Christian Council asked the pastors to insist on the fact that, quote, the Chinese Communist Party has never changed its original intention to put the people first, establish an extensive patriotic united front, unite the citizens' hearts, (laughs) gather strength, and continue to explore and innovate, end quote. Pastors should lead Christians in, quote, thanking God for putting us in this great era, end quote, and, quote, continuing to learn the spirit of General Secretary Xi's speech, end quote, continuing to learn the spirit <laughs> of General Secretary Xi's speech. Okay. Three self-leader, Zhu Jiaohong, offered a model sermon based on the July 1 speech, <laughs> Man. developing nine points. So this is a three-point sermon on steroids, right? <laughs> this is what it is, okay? We go, go nine, okay? <laughs> nine. Um, so here's point number one. Again, if, if you're kind of like, wait, what is she? what are these points? These are the points that the pastors of the front churches in China, the, ch- the churches that are being sinicized, okay? Um, and, and, and this is not, and I want you to understand something. This is, and we've done shows on this before, but um, I'm going to, just in the event that people have not um, partaken, 
Okay, this is not saying here is the gospel. This is not like missionaries, you know, going into a place and saying here is the gospel. And how do you take existing um, maybe culture and make it make sense, make the gospel make sense? This is what missionaries have been doing from the beginning, right? I mean, this is what Paul did at Areopagus. I see you have here. I see this, mm-hmm. you know, so so, so that's, that's not the problem. The problem is that what the sinicization of the Christian church looks like in China is that Christianity is used to validate communism. Mm -hmm. It's used to exalt Chinese history, Chinese legend, Chinese lore, right? The Chinese people become preeminent and, and, and probably what's more alarming, uh, Xi Jinping (laughs) becomes almost sort of like a godlike figure. Right. Okay. All right. So, so this is what we're talking about when we're talking about sinicization is this is not using, you know, Chinese existing figures or whatever to, to or, or symbols to try to help people understand the gospel. Right. No, it is, it decimates the gospel. Right. All right. Desecrates the gospel. All right. Either one. So here we go. Um, nine points. Point number one, the CCP Chinese communist party and president Xi Jinping have realized the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. So that's that, that's one point that should be in your sermon. The Chinese nation is being rejuvenated. All right. And it is Xi Jinping who's brought this about. It really kind of, it, it you know, you want to be careful because you don't want to make everything reminiscent of Nazi Germany. That's what it sounds like. That first but doesn't, point. It, doesn't it sound like, yeah. it just sounds like a little bit, I mean. Yes, it does. You know, just a little bit Hitlerish. If it anybody's does. ever read any history about that. Okay. So just, is that what you were getting as you were listening to that? Yes. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I, you know, you always want to be careful, right? But that's what that's comes what it to sounds my mind. Like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey. So number two, and and yeah, and then also you have to enlist the Christians, just like in Nazi Germany. Mm. You have to you have to get the Christians yep. to lower their guard. It. And, and yes, they su- man, big yes. time. Okay. Yes. Mm. All right. Number two, Christians should frequently repeat two slogans. Again, remember this is the pastor sermon here. Christians should frequently repeat two slogans. Here they are. Long live the great, glorious, and correct Chinese Communist Party, <laughs> and long live the great, glorious, and heroic Chinese people. That's guys. What the Christians church, should be repeating frequently in church. In church, this is this is what you want. You this Not is why glory you want to the Lamb. No, Hallelujah mm, to the Most no, High. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. This is okay. Right. Long live the great, glorious, and correct Chinese Communist Party. Long live the great, glorious, and heroic. Chinese people. But the underground Number, church is not saying that. Oh, my goodness. Come on. <laughs> They're too busy multiplying. <laughs> Come on. Too busy producing fruit, the gospel bearing fruit. All right. Number three. The roots and blood of the CCP are in the people. It is the people's own party. The Chinese Communist Party. The roots and blood hmm. of the Chinese Communist Party are in the people. It is the people's own party. Remember, this is what the Christians are being forced to accept. Okay. This is what the Christians are being forced to normalize. This is what the pastors at the conference were instructed to take back to their congregants. I just want to make sure that we're all clear here. Number four, and I'm, I may not be able to get to all of these. Um, we'll see. Cause I do, I do want to move, move around here just a little bit. Um, and I, and I hope that even as we're going through this, that we're making some connections and we're looking at, um, just repetitive attacks on the gospel, mm-hmm. right? That they've been consistent um, and sustained all around the world. 
when when I've said in the past that the gospel has never existed in safety, people I have taken for granted that people would understand that I've also done a presentation specifically entitled and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Mm -hmm. So whenever I say that the gospel has never existed in safety, that doesn't mean that I'm saying the gospel was, was under threat, that it was not going to proliferate that, that the Lord Jesus does not keep his promise. No, what I'm saying is that Christians, God has invited us to ever defend it. We have been invited to participate in that. You don't just sit back and say, well, I mean, you know, since the gates of hell shall not prevail. I mean, no, but that statement and I, I, man, I want to use the word counts on very loosely, but maybe I should say banks on or anticipates that you will step up to the role that God expects you to operate in, Mm. that you're going to say, that's not the gospel. You're going to say, that's a lie. You're going to say, this is what Christians do. Mm -hmm. We actually have documents that tell us what Christians do. The expectation is that in every generation, there would be the faithful who would step up and do that. The gospel has never been carried on the backs of cowards ever, ever. Their their back is not tough enough for the weight of it. So how has the gospel spread? Who has carried the gospel? It's been those who have been empowered by the spirit of God to be witnesses. They have the boldness that is required to carry the gospel. It's, it's a sad thing that people don't understand the instruction to wait for the early church to be empowered by the spirit of God mm. to be witnesses. That is a state of being verb, not to just go out and witness. That's going to be the natural outflow of what you do. But the very basic expectation is that now empowered by the spirit, you have boldness to be witnesses, to live a life that is different. Amen. And that different life testifies to the fact that Jesus Christ is alive and that he is risen. And so the gospel does not proliferate on the weak backs of cowards. The gospel proliferates on those who have been empowered or by those who've been empowered by the spirit. Amen. So here you have the, the Christian church or the front church in China, synthesizing the church. It is in fact, not the gospel at this point, guys, it's not the gospel at this point. Okay. They're being told the pastors are being told what to preach. All right. In light of, uh, their centennial celebration on July one, number four, the CCP has completed the four great achievements. This is what pastors are being told to to preach. (laughs) The Chinese communist party, has completed the four great achievements. And here they are a socialist revolution and the construction of a socialist society under chairman Mao, a socialist reform under Ding Xiaoping and a socialism with Chinese characteristics under Xi Jinping. Um, you getting the theme there? Socialism, Mm -hmm. right? You like, there's just one common note to understand the value of, of this is, this is what we esteem. Yeah. And again, excuse me, my question is, what what might we in America learn? Yeah, we see that happening. Okay, yeah. (laughs) You know, like what are are the aims, the goals and objectives? And and, and why do these forms of government like become necessary to achieve this end? Hmm. And then you look at where we are now and you have a hard time trying to talk to people about the folly of handouts. 
You have a hard time trying to talk to people and people have just been so lulled to sleep and they have just catered so much to the desires and the pleasures of their flesh that when you say don't eat the king's dainties, they think something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. You say you say, hold on a second, you know, stop and ask them to give you 10 days and and like see that you can be okay without it. And then they're (laughs) like, what's wrong with you? It makes me think of um, (laughs) I, I don't know why. I don't know why. But it makes me think of uh, the Chronicles of Narnia with the, the white witch and mm-hmm. um, uh, what was the little kid's name? Edward, who sold his the when she the dainties <laughs> when he he rats out his siblings, mm-hmm. he rats out his siblings. And, and the white witch, what does she say in the movie depiction? She goes, and he gave you up for sweeties. That's what <laughs> and it's such an indictment. And he's got like the powdered sugar on his face. And, and, and I feel like so many of us, like it's a shame mm. in this country. We're kind of like, you know, the Christians are looking around. It's like, dude, I can't believe you're giving in. And then and they look back at you and they got the powdered sugar on their face. They're like, what? What? <laughs> what? For dainties. All right. Um, number five. Number five. Under Xi Jinping, the CCP has brought to a great and harmonious development the five civilizations, the five civilizations, material, political, Spiritual, social, and economical. Hmm. The harmonious developments of the five civilizations. Material, political, spiritual, social, and economical. Number six, the CCP has brought to the world the six common values of humankind. The six common values of humankind. This is what pastors are to preach in their churches. Christian so-called churches in China. Six common values of humankind. Peace. Development, fairness, justice, democracy, and freedom. <laughs> fairness. Freedom. Justice. I mean, you can do it with all of them, really. Like, peace. You can do it with, you can just, you can take anything, just a slight inflection, oh, and you can do that. You know what I mean? You know, you can, you know, you know. Like, I, I, tell, I tell our kids, I joke with them probably too much. We're learning that it's probably too much. But I tell them, all you have to do is take somebody's statement and then say, say, I'm going to, and then whatever they say, and then put you at the end of it. And it sounds like a threat and it's really like menacing, you know, like, can I have an apple? I'm going to apple you. And it's like, wait, wait, what? You can do it with anything. But yeah, we could, we could do inflection on all of these because all of them are an active working contradiction. Right. Or, or to say it simply a lie, right? just a lie. Right. All right. Um, man, I could, I could, uh, Here's here's something else. I'm going to skip down to number eight. I'll, I'll, I'll jump over number seven and skip down to number eight. Again, keep in mind, pastors, Christian pastors, so-called Christian pastors are instructed to teach this to the front churches in China. Um, number eight, Christians should join the CCP in telling foreign hostile powers mm-hmm. that the era when the Chinese nation was slaughtered in bully is gone forever. <laughs> So it's a demand for allegiance. Yeah. It's a demand to make much of your allegiance to the CCP saying, we will not crumble. We will not fall. We will not be bullied any longer. Now, when we get back, I want to kind of make some parallels, which I think that many people are already making those parallels and looking at what it is that we're battling. So this is why it becomes even more dire when you have people standing up in pulpits and, I don't know, teaching things like critical race theory and pronoun hospitality and all of these things that have become normalized in our culture. 
I mean, they don't have a, you know, Xi Jinping forcing them. They're just doing it Hmm. because it seems progressive. We'll be right back. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow. We're trying to build our children with the resolve and with the boldness to be able to live for Christ. And the understanding that, you know, we used to we used to tell our kids if in in fact we did tell our kids to be ready that Jesus is worthy, that we should die for him. You know, and that was like that was seen as like the worst possible suffering that you could endure for bearing the name Christ. Um but now, no, I, I think, yes, it, in some instances, it might be easier to die for Christ. Hmm. You know what I mean? Um, what we're trying to equip our kids to do is to live for Christ. We've already begun school um, in the Addison household, which changes things a lot. And, uh, and man, I, I'm, so, I, I'm so moved by um, watching them argue in defense of the faith in their writings and I press them. I press them. They sometimes want to give me simple answers. Uh, sometimes you can tell when the answer is just a regurgitated answer. It's like, I just know the answer to this question. So I, man, I got my red pen. I need more. I need you to unpack that for me. Help me understand your position. What else? Cite more scripture. We're not in a place where um, we have the luxury of just playing patty cake with what our kids understand about the faith. Mm-hmm. We have to equip them to stand. Amen. We've been calling this culture proofing. We'll continue calling it that. Um, it's an ongoing work. In addition to what we do for our kids, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and getting them ready, mm-hmm. man, we have to do these things for ourselves. Amen. Yep. We, have, we, have to, we have to exist. We have to live ready. Um, we have to live ready to tell the truth and take whatever consequences come with that. And that's difficult. That's hard. The very real temptation that many of us face is um, not saying so much so loudly about who Christ is. You know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. saying so much so loudly. It's not this outright overt, like denying him. It's not, it's not that Peter moment that so many of us recoil, you know, when we read it, we're like, oh, I can't believe, <laughs> you know, it's not that moment, but it, it is the no less dire position that just is silent, just, just allows the belief that that is so when it isn't, mm. you know? Um, all right. A couple more things here. We can start uh, queuing up the phone lines. You want to comment on what we're talking about today. You can do that. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Sherry B is over in studio CC. She'll get your calls queued up. Today's topic asks the question, how does Christian persecution in China warn Christians in America? How does the persecution or the type or the, the, the shade of persecution 
that Christians are experiencing in China, how does that warn Christians in America? And and I, I really think it's very telling of uh, where the enemy ultimately wants Christians to go and how the enemy intends to lead us in that direction. Yeah. If, if we're not careful. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not the outright rejection of Christianity. It's just adding just a little bit to it. Remember, this is what this is why Christians in the early church, first, second and third centuries. This is why Christians, well, first and second century, third century as well, because in 315 you have Constantine. So that's the fourth century. I always have to make sure to make the leap like 300s, <laughs> fourth century. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was going to make the leap. So first, second and third centuries. Um you have Christians who are being persecuted under imperial rule. It is not because the Christians were told to reject their faith. People often don't understand this. And so they don't understand how they're supposed to battle because they, they think that the, the, the point of reference or the thought they have about the early church is that man. Yeah. Cause they were, they were refusing to deny Christ and that is true, but you must understand also the method by which they were being forced to deny Christ, which was to just make him like every other God, mm. just add to that. That was the pressure. When you understand that that was the pressure and for that reason they were sent into the arena, for that reason they were burned, for that reason they were tortured, for that reason they were dragged through the streets. When you understand that it wasn't just an outright rejection of Christ, but it was, hey, but, but, but also this, right? Hmm. Then, it, then it helps you to understand what it is we're in fact facing right now. Yeah. Because that, I think that's very similar to what our pressures are. Our pressures are not you can't be a Christian. Our pressures are you can't be a Bible-believing Christian. Mm. You can't be a Christian that makes Christ exclusive, saying that your sin, if you like your sin, you get to keep it. Right? You can't be that kind of Christian. <laughs> You've got to be the kind of so-called Christian that allows for everything to get in. You've got to be a, a, a cynicized Christian of sorts, where you allow for, uh, for culture for legend and lore to all fold into your faith. And if, and if you're willing to do that, if you are willing to take that position in culture, then you will be all right. You get to keep your property. You get to keep your land. You get to keep all the things in this life that are important to you. Yeah. If you're willing to do that. But our brothers and sisters of long ago would tell you that it's not worth it. Come on. Because their faith has become sight. Yes. And yes. there is, there is, Man. It's the Hebrews 11. They were looking yes. for a country, you know, yes. that was, yes. whose who's, uh, builder and maker was God. Like if Amen. they had a chance, if they would have looked back, they would have <laughs> had a chance to go back to the world. You know, that that whole picture in, in, in Hebrews 11, it's like, man, yes, they have they were looking forward to the promise that they never saw. But now that that promise is reality because Amen. they're in Christ. Amen. Amen. And doesn't the scripture say that the world was not worthy of them? And mm. Hebrews, I just flipped to it. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 38, this hall of fame of faith, as we call it. And in, in verse 38, it says of whom the world was not worthy mm. of whom the world was not worthy, man. I'm telling you too often. Wow. We are living for the accolades of the world when mm. really we should try to live in that spot where it's like the world's not worthy of you. Mm. The world, they don't deserve you. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? But we are not at that place. We're at that place where we're like, please, please love me. Please want me. Please, mm. <laughs> please deserve me. <laughs> they don't. They don't. All right. Will the Great. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Timothy in Oklahoma. Hi, Timothy. How are you doing today? Doing good. Hello. 
Uh, uh, my question, or actually the comment regarding the Communist Party, is going to be short and sweet. Uh, they're doing exactly what the prophets and the pastors did in the book of Jeremiah mm-hmm. when they prophesied lies and God's holy word. Mm-hmm. Just give me a second. I have heard what the prophets said, and they prophesied lies in my name, saying, mm-hmm. I've dreamed, and I have dreamed. How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, mm-hmm. they are prophets of deceit of their own heart. What they're doing is they're trying to corrupt God's people. It's just the spirit of Antichrist. Come on. Yeah. The spirit of Antichrist, sister. Oh, and come on, more, brother. More listen. Specifically, okay, hold on a second. More specifically, uh, I'm sorry about that. No, go I'm ahead. Outside. More specifically, <laughs> the indoctrination that they're uh, they're putting out there is not just straight, you know, denying Christ. That'd be too obvious, like you said. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with Richard Wormbrand. They did not have the church deny Christ. They just said, well, let's go ahead and uh, bring this Communist Party. There, the Hitler mm. or the people during the time of Richard Warren he's for America. Oh, no, not America, sorry. He's for Christianity, and we should support it. And everyone else jumped in on the bandwagon. Mm. It's going to be It's a separation time is what's going to happen. Yes. Oh, yes. Brother, thank you so thank much. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. And I, I love the incorporation of that scripture. You know, we don't recognize that we have the right, and even I would say the expectation to call out the lies that'll be that that are being pushed uh in in the name of our Lord. Mm. We know him. Yeah. We know the truth. You know, again, not to, I I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay, <laughs> let's go back if we have time in the last few minutes. Uh, seconds. Let's go back to the phone lines. Will the great. Where do we go? All right, let's go to Samuel in Texas. Hi Samuel. Hello. How are you doing? Um Will and Miki. Doing good. Um, I just wanted to make a comment in reference to um, Revelation 14 and 12, you know, mm-hmm. right pre- preceding that, you have a portion where um, the messenger comes down and he tells the fact that um, there would be no end of the torment of those who receive the mark of the beast and worship the image. And in, in reality, what we're seeing on verse 12, it says that this is a complete Jewish Bible. This is when perseverance is needed on the oh, part of man. God's people. Yes. Those who observe his commands and exercise Yeshua's faithfulness. Mm. And we know that if we are exercising Yeshua's searches, Oh, hey, did we lose our brother? Samuel? Gratify the desires of our flesh. Yes, I'm there? so sorry. Yeah, yeah we, you, we dropped you for just a second there. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yes, I was saying if we're if we're if we're in the faithfulness of Yeshua or Jesus then what we've done is we're led by the Spirit, so we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Amen. And we know that the Spirit of the Most High will cause us to keep His commands. And, and, and that's where we have slipped so far in this modern church, because we've adopted hedonism and, mm-hmm. and, and progressivism and the spirit of this world, which is the spirit of the Antichrist. And as a result, that's why we have so much that the, the church is becoming more like the world as mm. opposed to transforming the world. Yes. Oh, brother, right, thank Sammy. you so much. I appreciate you. Appreciate yes. your comments there. Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Mm-hmm. Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in mm. Jesus. Amen. 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 Will the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Carl in Mississippi. Hi, Carl. Hey, good evening. How you guys doing? Good. Hello. Good. Yeah. All right. Good. Um, I like to ask the question based on something similar to what the uh, God just spoke being about us keeping God's commandments. So the question is, should we keep God's commandments now that we're in the New Testament? 
Mm. Yeah, every one of the commandments that you would be, if you're referring to the Decalogue, um, referring to the Ten Commandments, I think is what most people say, should Mm -hmm. we keep God's commandments? Um, The simple answer is yes, whatever God tells us to do, we should do. Uh, I think the question that specifically you're referring to um, is whether or not we should keep the Ten Commandments. Every one of the Ten Commandments, excuse me, is restated in a New Testament context, except for the Sabbath, um, which kind of is expanded to say, don't forsake the gathering. Mm. Okay, like come together, like the the importance of that, um, and and well, I guess maybe the Sabbath day of rest, but is is different from just gathering for church. But here's the point that I'm making: the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments, um, are restated in the New Testament, and so the expectation is that what God tells us about His character and about His nature in those commandments transfer over to New Testament. So. Yes, we still keep the commandments. And and in fact, Amen. I would say that what God calls us to in the New Testament um, is not just looking at the rule and saying, don't break it. God shows us that that sin wants to uh, rest and, and be very comfortable in the human heart. So you actually even go a step further. <laughs> yeah. It's not you, you understand yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. It's not just what you're it's doing. Fulfilling it's fulfilling the laws. It's yeah. like the heart issue, the heart, exactly. the matter of the heart. That's right. Exactly right. You've heard it said. Mm-hmm. Our Lord said, mm-hmm. right? And 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 what is what is Jesus doing when he when he starts that way? He's upping the ante. He's mm-hmm. he's saying it's not just about you keeping the law, right? God is concerned about your heart, and your heart tells you something about God's right judgment, even. Amen. God's right judgment. So, um, hopefully that answers your question. All right, well, the great. Where do we go next? All right, let's go to Marlon in Texas. Hi, Marlon. Hey, how y'all doing, my brother and sister? Always appreciate hearing you guys. Uh, just want to make a quick comment. You know, we're in the situation we're in because I've always made that statement, trust God, not man. Mm-hmm. And we're becoming more and more of a populace where we're trusting man and not God. And, you know, we, we as human beings, we, we, we're making doing a lot of self-conflicted wounds. Mm-hmm. You know, God has created us. He created, he created enough resources where we can survive and flourish. Mm-hmm. And, just like with this mask example, when he created Adam and Eve, he didn't create Adam and Eve with masks on. All this <laughs> stuff that's going on is by, is by man's, man's doing. And we're doing a lot of stuff from Flick to Moon. I just want to say that we need to get more and more in the Word. Mm. God left us tools to be successful in terms of being Christians and, and doing the right thing to go to heaven. Mm. And if, if, the Bible says, if the Bible says something is wrong, who are you to tell me you're right? That's if right. You, wanna, yeah. you know, if, if you, if you want to do things of the world, why should I listen to you? At the end of the day, you didn't create me from dust. God, yeah. mm-hmm. so I make oh, you above right. God. Mm-hmm. So that's I just right. want to make that comment. Yeah, no, God bless Thank you, you Marlon. Brother Marlon. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you calling. Listen, I, I really feel like the clarion call to Christians in America is to understand that you are distinct, that you are... Um, a chosen people that you are a different race of people the bible describes you that way you know so many radical conversations about racism but you are a different race of people and that's why i was saying a few days ago that man we've got to get back to embracing and being very comfortable being peculiar being different people god's people set apart for service to him sanctified set apart there comes along with that um a little bit of you know uh, tension like you're you're uncomfortable yeah. being different because you know we we do kind of teach a little bit 
of like a, you know, unbeknownst to ourselves, maybe in some instances, we're teaching some, some form of collectivism where we're saying if everybody just goes along to get along and everybody behaves the same way, we'll be all right. But God has made us peculiar. We're mm. out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>